Press the damn button. Let's go. This is a UFC Fight Pass special report. UFC 265 post fight. The UFC interim heavyweight champion, Zero Bargamade Extra round. Along with Ray Longo and Pearl Gonzalez. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. Extra Rounds, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, we are live here on Extra Rounds, UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis, that is me. We have crowned a new UFC interim heavyweight champion. His name is Surreal Gone. He uh, pretty much dominated from the word go tonight, and he ultimately got a stoppage of Derek Lewis in the third round. A technical knockout claims France's first ever UFC champion. Hey, everybody, TJ DeSantis, along with Pearl Gonzalez and Ray Longo. Guys, we're here to talk about uh, an exciting night of fights. You know, heavyweights, we're mixing it up, and, and tonight it's all about the Frenchman. I don't know what Bon Gamay means, but I do know that Surreal Gone is a very terrifying individual, and uh, he was victorious tonight. Ray Longo, your assessment of France's first heavyweight champion. I got to tell you, absolute beautiful performance by Cyril Gunn. Kept the range, like we talked about Wednesday. Very patient, picked his shots, stayed out of harm's way from the big punches. I really, what I like most about this guy is his calmness. And he knows how to turn it on. But then even after the fight, he's not jumping around. He's not crazy. This guy, this guy's something special. And uh, I'll tell you what he did different than Angano did, man. Angano respected Derek Lewis. I don't think anybody landed a punch in this fight. This guy, this guy put a beating, hands, legs in the clinch. Uh, just a great performance. I mean, the guy's been flawless his last bunch of fights. I, I don't know if anybody's even hit him. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too, that I think we need to sort of really talk about with Surreal Gone winning in the way that he has. Yes, he's the interim champion, but this is still a very historical night for a variety of reasons. France was a, a country for a very long time that uh, the Judo Federation rallied against mixed martial arts, didn't really want the sport there. Now they have a you know bonafide champion. Granted, you know, it's an asterisk interim championship, but he's undefeated. The way that Surreal Gone has gone up the rankings here and now claimed UFC gold in just 10 fights in his pro mixed martial arts career is really something to be said. Pearl, I know a lot of people were kind of pulling for Derek Lewis in, in a, a, a variety of ways because he was fighting in front of his hometown tonight. Uh, you know, he was game. He was definitely hurt and, you know, was being the, the on-brand Derek Lewis, uh, you know, fighting with, with everything he had until his his last breath. But uh, unfortunately, Cyril Gone was uh, the guy that spoiled that night. Your thoughts on uh, the, the effort turned in by Derek Lewis? You know, this was a really tough fight for him. He he had a really hard time getting into his range, finding his range, and, and also stepping in and, and even finding the target tonight. Uh, and I believe that was the footwork. His, his feet were kind of stuck in the mud tonight. And I think that's kind of his style of fighting. He was drawing. He was definitely trying to draw Cyril in and time him so that he can land a big right hand. And it did. It got so close, especially right at the end, those last couple of exchanges. I mean, it was this close twice, I believe, at the end of that fight uh, to landing. And we know that one shot is all it takes, and he really wholeheartedly believes in that. Um, but tonight it was, it was all about Cyril and his movement, and he did such a great job of controlling the range and controlling when he wanted to fight. He never allowed for uh, Derek Lewis to, to set the pace, set the tone at all. 
Right. He was one was completely in control from start to finish. And, uh, you know, I think that Derek just had a really hard time finding that and finding that range, you know, and target. So it's a tough night for him, but I believe he'll come back, you know, stronger and better. Absolutely. Let's take a look at uh, Cyril Gaon again, just to, to, you know, sort of put things into perspective. Now 10-0 uh, as an MMA fighter, he, uh, you know, has a kickboxing record as well. So th that was a sort of um, uh, misleading thing when we're talking about Cyril Gaon fighting, you know, where, where he's 10-0. He's got a lot more experience than that. 13 kickboxing wins, nine of which are by way of uh, knockout. Uh, but really in MMA, still sort of new to the sport. He made his uh, UFC debut back in August of 2019, pro MMA debut in, in August of 2018. So... Uh, pretty quick turnaround there from being a pro to getting into the UFC now to owning uh, UFC gold. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit uh, new tonight. This is kind of exciting. We can take a live look into the UFC uh, post-fight presser, Dana White, uh, on the dais uh, right now. Um, we'll get some audio here in a moment. But uh, I am hearing that uh, it, it looks like uh, Surreal Gone actually earned a performance of the night bonus tonight. Uh, Well-deserved, I think, just to sort of uh, punctuate the historical significance of of this uh, win here for the Frenchman. Yeah, absolutely. He looked phenomenal tonight. He came out. He was, and he's so calm. He's such a, such a like well-spoken, soft-spoken man. He looks like a big, huge teddy bear, and he really will just like kick your head off and kill you. But um, he was from start to finish a, a, a complete professional, respectful. He came inside there. He knew what his what his task at hand was. He, I believe, he knew he would out move out position um Derek Lewis tonight and and from start to finish he just he put on a clinic he put on a striking clinic Ray when you look at Cyril Gaon and and what he did what do you take from it uh leading into a potential showdown with with Francis Ngannou because obviously Ngannou is still the 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 main champion if you will he's not undisputed uh because there is an interim champion but is there anything that you take away from Gaon's performance tonight that you feel will uh sort of serve him well or at least give you an idea of of what that eventual meeting will look like Yeah I think there there's a lot to take away from it and I think I I said it before He's not hesitant. He wasn't afraid of Derek Lewis's power. He took it away the right way with his movement and his range. And I suspect he's going to at least try to do the same thing with uh, with Francis. And, uh, you know, he, I thought the variety of attacks that he, he did, you know, he mixed up the leg kicks. You know, he starts off very light. He's tapping you. He's tapping you. By the end of the whatever round it was, he's just chopping that leg down. You know what I mean? He got the range, and then he started unloading with, with stuff. So uh, I think uh, – what, what round did it end in, TJ? Third round. Third, third round tonight for uh, Ciro Gunn. And I think that's the other thing I'm taking away is that I think this guy goes five rounds easily where Francis, you know, has shown that he might fade a little bit, especially if he's under this type of pressure and he's getting picked apart and he can't do anything about it. Uh, I, I would say that Cyril Gunn is going to be a, a good favorite going into this fight, too. I mean, that that's an interesting question. Um, will he be the, the favorite? He was a big favorite tonight and, and proved the odds makers correct, uh, you know, being that that favorite. Let's take a look at the odds, courtesy of DraftKings. Uh, this is what they closed at. Plus 270 for the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, uh, gone at, at, at minus 350. Uh, saw some movement as well uh, in the in the co-main event. Pedro Munoz bet up all the way uh, to even. Uh, Michael Chiesa, Vicente Luque, they both came in uh, pretty much even money. A, a lot of 
pick'em fights on this card, which actually goes to sort of tell you uh, what you saw tonight if you bought UFC 265, a very evenly matched fight card from top to bottom, and all the athletes tonight inside the octagon definitely uh, brought it, and uh, it was well worth your money and time if you uh, invested it wisely tonight and purchased the pay-per-view of UFC 265. Uh, here, here's the question, though. We look at the heavyweight division, and Dana White has confirmed that Miocic, Stipe, the former champion, has accepted a fight with John Jones. Um, you know That's only half the battle. you still got to get John uh, to say, yes, I want to take that fight. Uh, Pearl, what are your thoughts on this potential dream matchup? Because obviously we have a champion, we have an interim champion as well, but this is a fight that I think a lot of people would love to see, and the question is, does John Jones take this fight with Stipe, or if he's given the opportunity to fight either Francis or Surreal Gone, does he go and, and take that title fight right away? Oh my goodness. John Jones equals fireworks. I mean, who doesn't want to see? Who hasn't been anticipating his comeback? I think we all are uh, wanting to see how he does, especially with this division. I believe that this division at this point in the sport is at its best. I mean, we just saw Cyril Gane come in here and, and, and fight like a lighter weight fighter, and he looked incredible. And that's that's the the next generation, I believe, of heavyweights. They their move their movement is so much better. They're faster. They're more athletic, um, and and so I believe that this division right now has improved tremendously, especially throughout the last couple, last year, really. And so it it it's interesting to see how this will play out once John comes back. Has he evolved? Is he still ahead of the game? That when the game is at its at its at its what's the word like high at its high point or at its, at its right. best. Um, so, and, and, and with Stipe, yeah, this is a great fight. Everybody loves Stipe. Stipe is an amazing, uh, man. He's an amazing fighter. He's, he's, doesn't he have like, he holds a record for sure in heavyweight. I know that Yeah, he has the, the most, uh, record. most title defenses in UFC heavyweight most history. Title. So he's, he's one of the greatest in this division. And this is a big fight. This, and it's it, the most important thing I think is to see, how well has John evolved with this with this division? Yeah, I mean, that's the the question. You look back at John Jones' last performance against Dominic Reyes, a lot of people thought that Reyes won that fight. And, you know, Jones has been on the fence ever since. I don't know what the wise fight is. Ray, obviously, you know, John Jones is a proven commodity. If you were his coach or advising him in any way, you know, what would you say? Go for the glory and take that championship fight, the first fight at heavyweight, or try to, you know, find your legs at this new weight class? No, go for the go for the gold right away. He's been such a dominant heavyweight. You can't, uh, you know, if it was somebody else moving up, I, I could see it, but not him. I think he's been so dominant heavyweight. He's got to move right up and just go for it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, nothing is uh, guaranteed in this sport. And uh, if you want to uh, get a title fight when it's presented to you, go take the title fight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the right move. If he wins, he's got to fight the next best, best guy anyway. So. Right. You can have to fight all of them eventually. Yeah, right. So he's been around. He's like, again, he's been really, I mean, he's been so dominant. You can't uh, take that fight. Yeah. Quick uh, technical question. Pearl, are we coming out of your headphones or are we coming out of your computer? Ooh. Man, 
Okay, weird. Because there's a weird little audio echo. I don't know where it's coming from, but we'll battle through it. Let's talk a bit about our uh, co-main event tonight. Uh, Jose Aldo, the number five ranked Bantamweight, took on the number nine ranked Bantamweight in Pedro Munoz. And tonight it was all about the king of Rio. Jose Aldo looked phenomenal. Despite the uh, live odds actually uh, having uh, Pedro Munoz as a, a slight favorite for a brief moment, but it was uh, Jose Aldo that shined tonight. Ray, we were talking a little bit uh, via text message about uh, Aldo, like he he's 34 years old. He'll be 35. Um, when I think about what he's done over his time in the sport, he's got to be like the oldest 34-year-old in combat sports, but it doesn't really matter. The man still seems to have a lot left in the tank, and uh, I don't know if he's going to fight for a UFC belt at 135, but uh, the minute you ever start to think that the better days of Jose Aldo are behind him, he's going to come back out and, and put on a performance like he did tonight against Pedro Munoz. Uh, look, whatever he lacked or whatever he lost physically, made up with uh, mentally with his experience. I thought what a beautiful fight tonight. When we were talking, I, I respond. When you told me the other guy was alive, was five uh, favorites, like, wow, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, yeah. When we had it, we both agreed he was up 2 0 into the third, and the third was by far his best round. So uh, I think Jose is going to, you know, go in the category. Here's the, the problem with Jose. I think he's going to have. I think he's going to beat ninety percent of the people. I think those five round fights might be stretching a little far for him as he gets older. But in a three round fight, this guy's he's going to be a problem for anybody. I thought you know, uh, you know, even though Marlon is a big puncher, man, he did stand for with him. I thought he won that fight. Yeah, no, I uh, I know that uh, Pedro's always dangerous. You know, he's got that uh, overhand right, and he likes to brawl. But it was the volume and violence of Jose Aldo tonight that got it done. Pearl, your thoughts on uh, the performance turned in by Pedro? Because this really was a fight that was won by Jose Aldo. It wasn't, you know, any sort of lack of effort on Pedro Munoz's part. No, and I think that, you know, Aldo has such great... Um, uh, fighter IQ or, or awareness of, of where his range and where his distance is and his timing. And right off the bat in that fight, you could tell that he kind of caught on to um, Munoz's timing, especially when he started throwing that knee up the middle. Um, and so I think when, once that happens in a fight, when, when someone's timing you, the, the other person, Munoz knew and was aware. And maybe he was a little too in the fight to realize that he was being timed. But you have to adjust. You have to re reset a rhythm. You have to create some feints or cre create some movement to kind of offset that timing so that you can kind of get your get the opponent guessing again. And so I think that uh, positioning and, and more of, of a rhythm change and just and just switching it up a little bit more would have been really beneficial in this fight. Let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, the press conference right now. I believe Jose Aldo is at the dais. Maybe we can get a question in here. We can't ask a question, but we can hear some of the questions. This is Portuguese. Ray, can you tr uh, can you uh, uh, translate for us? He said, "Pedro." He's a great fighter, and I understand that he's, uh, it was going to be a tough fight. It was going to be a, 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 a brawl. Hey, spot on. Spot on, Ray Longo. I, th I think that was really good. Good job. Uh, so here's my question now. With, with Aldo getting the win, 
like this. And, and you know, he, he did fall on some harder times at Bantamweight uh, when he fought, uh, you know, some of the elite, the elite guys, Peter Yans of the world. Um, have we given up on the idea of McGregor versus Aldo too? Because I think there's value there. The first fight was 13 seconds. I understand Connor won. I understand connor has got a long road back to being active. But when I look at it, I just feel like 13 seconds wasn't really um, evidence of what that fight looks like. Ray, I'm still interested in this fight. Can we get it? It's never going to happen. Never. Wow. I don't think Connor's coming down to 45 at this stage of the game. And Connor's... Man, he's self-destructing at this point. He's just off the off the rails. But I I don't I can't see that fight happening. Uh, I, I here's the way it had. The only way it happens if Aldo gets the thirty five pound strap and he's got something. Yeah, I could see maybe making that fight. But um, it would be a different fight because he's not gonna. He is gonna be more patient. But uh, I just think uh, McGregor's too big for him. Yeah, I mean, the the size is definitely the problem. That's one narrative that's sort of gone by the wayside. You remember when when Aldo moved down to 35? Everyone was talking about how this cut is too much for him and, it, and it's going to you know be a disservice to him. And now Jose Aldo, at 34 years old, is looking, you know, granted he's, he's lost some fights, but he's looking just as good as he was, you know, at times on his rise up the ranks at 145. Yeah, TJ, I'm going to explain this to you because I obviously I train a lot of guys. They, they don't eat right, you know what I mean? And then they... they, they for the six weeks, they you know they diet down and they do their thing. They get used to that. But on the off times, I mean, some guys do. But uh, you know, when you really put your mind to it and you follow the science with proper eating, I think that's what you see. He dedicated himself, and I, I don't think he has a problem at thirty-five at all. I mean, not, I mean, three rounds, no problem at all. As he gets older, I think the five rounds will always be a problem. Uh, but he, he really looked good tonight. Really good, like. When you asked me who was I up 2-0, I thought it was an easy fight. If they would have did anything other than that, it would have been a disaster. But, uh, and I want to say this too, TJ. Munoz is, is as tough as they come. I mean, he was always in that fight because he's got power in his right hand. You know, Aldo was seeing that shit coming a mile away, and he held Another guy did a great job in utilizing the jam, keeping him at range, picking his power shots. Mixing it up just to keep that guy off guard and make him miss. I mean, what it was a great performance by a 34-year-old Jose. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of guys that could beat him except for the really top three or four guys. Yeah, no, that is, that is very true. When you look at, uh, you know, what uh, Pedro Munoz we, we saw tonight, I, I don't think we saw a bad Pedro Munoz. I think we saw a fantastic Jose Aldo. Definitely not. And I think it's like Aldo is just had a good space in his life where he's in there to compete. He's not putting pressure on himself. Uh, I thought he looked awesome. I really, really thought But I think that's the difference. You can see how happy he was after. I'm saying even if he didn't get the card, it was a disaster. He would have been able to rationalize that. up to bad judging in the game. He's just in a really good spot in his life. And, uh, and I agree, we around forever. So it's not that he's a young thirty-four, but he fought like a he fought really well, really, really well. 
with Jose Aldo. And that's one thing, too, that I think is uh, really impressive about Jose is we, we talk about his style changes. We saw a more vintage Jose Aldo tonight. We saw some flying knees. We saw some jump knees to the body. We saw him, you know, really be on more defensive with the, the leg attack, but he checked pretty much every kick that Pedro threw his way. And, and that is, uh, I think, a testament to Aldo's fight IQ and also his ability to evolve in a way that is almost uh, sort of being, you know, a vintage evolution because we, we saw him be a different sort of fighter than he was, you know, earlier in his career, but he was able to hit that switch and go retroactive back to the, the very uh, uh, kickboxing Muay Thai based uh, Jose Aldo of the past. AJ, he was in total control tonight. He saw everything coming, like you said, with the tip. He made that look simple. He made it look like a sparring match, and then he picked it up every so often, but he made that look really, really beautiful tonight. Pearl, what is it about fighters that, uh, you know, as they get, you know, longer in their uh, run that they decide to change and, and sometimes fix what necessarily isn't broken? Because I feel like some fighters do get away uh, from what they were in the past. And, and Jose Aldo got past that tonight. But why do fighters sort of change course uh, later in their career, do you think? Well, I think that one, life circumstances and, and life is still very real in, in athletes' lives. So, depending on what they're going through personally in their life will, will will definitely affect where they're at professionally in their career, especially as a fighter. But the other piece of the puzzle, I believe, is like the sport evolves, the sport changes, and you can't stay the same. And sometimes um, the sport can get past you. And so it takes some time to make the adjustment. And for Aldo, you know, he moved down a weight class. So I'm sure that that needed some time to kind of his body needed to get used to fighting at a lighter weight, his, his mindset, you know, everything. It's, it's much different going to a different weight class. Sure, it's only 10 pounds. This is a huge it's a huge difference in, in an athlete, especially elite athletes at, at this level. Um, and so I think now that he's at a place, he's he's comfortable with the weight cut. He, he understands his weight. He's probably got his diet down. Um, and I believe he's adapted more to the sport. So now that you can see some of his vintage um, tools in his box that he's had, because he's more, he has more confidence. He understands a little bit more. He has more, um, you know, belief in, in his ability to time and, and, and bring it together. So at times we do, we kind of get lost in a sense and, and, and some pieces of the puzzle are missing and, and, you know, you just take some time to put them back together. And I believe right now all of his puzzles are, are in the right place position where they need to be right now for him to be the best Jose Aldo and top of that he has experience right he has wisdom now he's he's a veteran he's been in there he's had those fights where he's been humbled in many ways so that brings a different fighter that brings a, a, a much more intelligent fighter um into the game you know what yeah, what, what, okay, right. yeah, just say one thing and the, the other thing that you have to really notice too he's with the same team yeah, you know, Novo, yeah, they, yeah. Some of these guys start letting people get in their ears. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. You got to start switching up. And that's where shit goes down the drain for the most part. But he's with his same team. He could have left 10 times. He could have left after the Conor McGregor fight. Somebody could have gotten his ear. But they stayed together. And this is what you see in a guy that's really just comfortable 
where he's at. He believes in what he's doing, and I think he looks great. But I, I think that the other thing is that he's not influenced by outside sources. He's got the belief in Andre and whoever else is around him, and they're doing a great job. And it's that's the way to me. That's the way it should be. And, and that's something too you can talk about that he didn't you know screw up when things were great either. Because sometimes again, going back to that old adage, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Some fighters when they're at the top of their game decide to just randomly change things up and, and go to a new camp, and and that can be a, a disservice. Now, Jose, all the 34 years old, we, we talk about uh, how that's uh, you know, sort of a different sort of 34 than maybe other uh, athletes, but is there a, an age, Ray? Because I, I think about you know Randy Couture not starting his professional mixed martial arts career until he was 35 years old. Obviously, he's a much different case, but when there are fighters that have been fighting all through their 20s and into their 30s, is there a, an age range where you sort of see them come into their own from a fight IQ standpoint where they just start to fight maybe smarter, uh, you know, as they progress in their career than maybe when they were in their, their 20s? Uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, like, again, I have to really think about it. But I'm going to say like that 28 to 33, uh, you really, uh, fight IQ wise is really at an all time high. Uh, but sometimes then you have the fight IQ, but the injuries and everything else add up and it's not going to make a difference. And I think Randy was definitely an aberration, but he was in the right place at the right time. The sport was very underdeveloped. As good as he was as a wrestler, and he was great, especially at the time. But I think the, nobody's going to be doing that today. Yeah, and no, I don't think anybody's going to be closing uh, the door on Jose Aldo moving forward uh, as far as the underdog when he looks like he did tonight. And uh, you know, let's, let's actually rewind and go back to uh, the opening odds of this UFC 265 uh, card. We saw Jose Aldo uh, at a minus uh, 115, and then uh, it closed tonight in our co-main event at uh, minus 120. Uh, so Aldo got bet up a bit. Uh, and again, what was the underdog at one point in the live scoring? It didn't make any sense to me, but uh, you know that you see a line like that, you got to take advantage of it. And uh, DraftKings believes life is more fun when you have some skin in the game. Get in on the action with sports betting, daily fantasy contests, and free-to-play pools. Download any of the DraftKings apps today using promo code Fight Pass. So go over there, uh, DraftKings, the only sports book that matters on Fight Night. Let's take a look at a, another fight tonight. Uh, this one went down in the uh, welterweight division. Vicente Luque, number six, defeated number. Number five, uh, Michael Chiesa. Uh, if anybody remembers that uh, old heavyweight fight between Czech Congo and, and Pat Barry uh, from like 10 years ago, this was that, but with submissions because Michael Chiesa was very close to this yeah. rear naked choke, fell off a little bit to the side. Uh, then Vicente Luque uh, wrapped up this darts in a scramble, and it was the Brazilian that took home the neck of Michael Chiesa. Uh, really made a statement here again in this sort of wide open welterweight division. When, when you look at it in the sense of a lot of the guys at the top have already had their chance. Colby Covington, again, uh, scheduled to face Kamara Usman, but Vicente Luque took the opportunity to prove that he's one guy that, you know, could could get into that mix relatively quickly. He he kind of had a shout-out for uh, Kamara Usman after wrapping up uh, this choke. I don't think it's enough quite yet. We got uh, Colby Covington, you know, Gilbert Burns still is a factor, uh, you know, when, when he's been so dominant, but you know, outside shot that Vicente Luque could get a title fight here, Ray, I don't, I don't hate the idea if something happens to Colby or he slides in there last minute? Absolutely not, man. I'd love to see Luke get that shot. Uh, and it looks like, you know, he's got a relationship with Camaro and, you know, he sent out a really nice tweet. But uh, uh, obviously, I, uh, 
Usman would be a huge favorite, but Luke is, uh, I think he earned that right. I have absolutely no problem with that at all. He's uh, been putting together some some nice wins, uh, you know, another stoppage. Pearl, what were your thoughts on Vicente Luque and the way that he wrapped up that uh, choke? Because he was almost choked out himself. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you could tell. He said he said prior to this fight that all he trained was wrestling and, and grappling. <clears throat> and you could see that. You could see that tonight. Uh, yeah, he got put in some dangerous positions and, and was, you know, there was a threat of Submissions, but the submission was was maybe in deep for a couple seconds, and he immediately knew how to defend against the choke and did such a good job. But what impressed me the most tonight was his ability um, to wrap up that guillotine and the way that, or excuse me, he he went to a dars and the way he was able to do that, and it you could tell that that was the training that was him preparing for that. You know, uh, Michael Chiesa was was in the middle of a shot, and he just took clear. He saw that and just wrapped the neck up. He knew squaring off like that, he would have that opportunity. And he held on tight. Um, Kiesa at first did a great job of defending it. But at the end there, he held on tight. He had his head tucked in very, you know, in position. He wasn't like arching too much. Um, he did such a great job with holding on to it at the right at the right time and then cranking it when he needed to, which is ultimately what got him that result um, and the finish. Uh, he looked incredible tonight, and you know what he stated. I I don't know if it's true, but he said he's he hasn't fought Usman. So everybody else in the top was it four now? Um, in the top, the top four fighters have fought Usman already. So everyone's got that shot against the champion, and and for him to make his claim is you haven't fought me yet. Um, and uh, you know he's respectful, and I thought overall his ground game was was super impressive tonight. He was ready and prepared. For a grappling match. Yeah, and that's the thing too. We have to take in consideration of about the submission win is who it was over. Michael Kies is a fantastic submission artist and someone that hadn't lost uh, uh, coming into tonight in the welterweight division. So Vicente Luque is the first man to turn him away at 170 pounds. And you know, unfortunately for Kiesa, this wasn't his night. But this wasn't uh, really even a case of Kiesa fighting poorly at all. He he was uh, good in his showing. Granted, it's a first round stoppage, but Kiesa was able to get a takedown, was able to launch some submission offense uh, unfortunately fell off and then Luke just uh, you know made the most of the tiniest of mistakes for Michael Chiesa so while Chiesa doesn't get his hand raised tonight Ray you got to feel that he did everything he could to have a good showing and he did have a good showing despite the loss yeah look beautiful takedown uh he came out he had a little different movement I think he game plan worked for him he wanted the guy to commit he took him down off of the commitment uh he had his chance uh Unfortunately, he didn't get it, and Luque seized an opportunity, split second. That's the way this game goes. You zig when you should have zagged, and he just uh, he locked in a beautiful choke. So hats off. But, yeah, no. Uh, I, if, the only thing I didn't like is I think this happened to Kiesa before. I think he did it with Masvidal where he almost had him out. And then Masvidal, maybe. I'm, that's what I'm thinking, but uh, that's the only negative. I don't think this is the first time this happened where he was on the verge of winning. And within like seconds, he's losing. Right. So I think that has to be addressed. But uh, I thought up until that point, he looked he looked pretty damn good. No, 100%. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where Kiesa goes from here. Again, his first loss tonight at 170 pounds. We'll see uh, where he moves uh, going forward. Let's take a look again at the uh, press conference. The UFC interim heavyweight champion at the day is Surreal Gone. Let's listen in and see if, uh, see if we can hear anything. You are a superstar now in the UFC because you are the first French-born champion. Now, that's not just for France. That's for a lot of French-speaking countries as well, too. 
you are a bona fide superstar, even though it's an interim belt. Has it has that set in yet at all for you? No, no, no. I'm 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 clearly aware about all of this around me, and uh, I just want to take it uh, like just like um, cool, just cool. Yes, of course, I did it. I did something really crazy. I started that just a few years uh, a few years ago. Who did it? Who? So yes, I think I, I'm, this has meant something. But I just, just want to take it like uh, like really cool. You're gonna have to up your security. You can't walk around the streets of Paris just anyhow anymore. <laughs> no, the people are really nice with me, and I love to. Man, take that journalist has got some balls to suggest that Surreal Gone might need some security. I mean, after what he just did to, to Derek Lewis, man. I, I think Surreal Gon can handle himself. But one thing I, I will say, the, the fact that he is the first Frenchman to become the UFC uh, champion of any division, granted interim or, or not, I can't stress it enough. This is a, a country that fought against mixed martial arts and its evolution for a very long time. It was hard to get fights in France. If you did, it was sort of underground. And, you know, there, there's uh, very little recourse for things going crazy when you're fighting on an unregulated show. And Surreal Gon is now the poster child for a country that has finally really embraced mixed martial arts and we'll see if the octagon ever goes over to france it'd be interesting to to see what sort of draw uh surreal gone might have uh in, in growing the sport of mixed martial arts in france yes can i actually um go back to the luke fight though of course <laughs> that's, marvelous. that's marvelous pearl i love it he used my word before i did trust um, the yeah, we do. We got to cross this off the list. So um, I wanted to go back to the way that Kiesa defended that Dars. And initially he did such a great job. Um, he, he started to square off. He went north and south on that Dars choke. Um, and then as he started, he started to turn into it. And as he's, as he's starting to turn into it, he's trying to like get his chin kind of closer to the chest here just to create a little bit of, of, of opportunity or room to take a breath and breathe right there. And, 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 and try to protect his, his choke, right? But at the end, he was, he was in the position. He was on his back. He was at it almost the north and south. And, and he didn't, what he, what he failed to do, which is such a small thing, and especially in this moment, like I've been there, I've been there where you have to make, like he said, you, you didn't zig, he should have zagged, where he should have posted on the hips and just, you know, went this way to push to relieve some of the pressure on that Dars. And it was just a matter of seconds, but I just wanted to talk about that because it was so close. He did a great job up until that moment, and that was just that small mistake that he made in there. And uh, Luque was able to sink in and 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 finish the choke. Um, so yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a game of inches, that. right? You know, and at the you know 100%. highest uh, premier point of the the sport, the the smallest uh, of space or mistakes in, in that case can end your night. And unfortunately for Michael Chiesa, that's what Vicente Luque did. Uh, looking at some uh, performance of the night bonuses, uh, Luque ended up getting a performance of the night as well. Your fight nice. of the night was uh, Rafael uh, Fizayev uh, against Bobby Green. Uh, Jessica Great. Jessica Penne gets a uh, performance of the night uh, bonus. Wow. I mean, the, the things that Jessica Penne has gone through over the last five years just absolutely insane so to see her get her hand raised you saw the emotions uh, on her face uh you know hats off to, to penne for uh you know getting back into the octagon and, and getting that win like th those are moments guys where i'm sitting here in my studio and i'm happy no one's around me because like i'm welling up with tears because those are the fight stories that hit you right here in the heart yeah, I think I, I mean, she's looked great in the last two fights. So after how long? Two year layoff? Yeah. The uh, suspension. Uh, 
Man, she goes for it, man. Her, her ground stuff looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was longer than that, I think, too. Like, she had a, a fight with um, Danielle Taylor, I think, in, in 2017, and then didn't fight again until last year, maybe? Maybe someone can look that up. It was recently. No, it was, it was recently. It was a, within the last few months. Okay. No, yeah. Before twice pretty recently. And she She's getting yeah. up. Right, she's not a spring chicken anymore, right? No, I mean they, they talked about it on really they talked about it on uh, on the broadcast tonight. I mean this was her first stoppage victory since 2013, uh, oh, at like at like Invictus Six. So it's like you know this was this was a big uh, night for uh, Jessica Penny and and a variety of levels. You know, mentally, uh, emotionally, you know where where she's at in the sport because you know she got a win tonight and, and did so and uh, solid. Like Carolina Kovalevich is a tough fighter and she's submitted her. That's a hell of a thing to do. I don't care. If it's in the early part of the career or the last part of the career, that's a, that's a yeah. big win. I thought it was a great, great, a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, uh, the other performance of the night that we've not touched on uh, goes to Miles Johns. Uh, they definitely uh, were banging early tonight, and uh, we were treated to uh, quite a show. And uh, I mean. It's one of those things, guys, where you look at a fight night on paper and some people think they know what they're going to get. And some people go, well, you know, I'll, I'll wait until I get the next one. The next one is the big international fight week. I don't need to see this one. If you missed UFC 265, you screwed up. You made a mistake. But that's okay. You can go watch the archive. Uh, it'll be on Fight Pass before too long. But I, this wouldn't, uh, I would be kicking myself if I had some other, you know, commitment that kept me away from watching these fights from top to bottom. Great card, man. We got to touch on Bob Green against. Uh, <laughs> we need to get an energy drink sponsor for for the Ray. Wine, wine for, for me tonight. Yeah, for you, for you, Pearl. I mean, Pearl's Pearl's almost done with that glass of wine, so I mean, she's doing good. Now, Pearl, would you think this was the high point in Luki's and and Vincente Luki's career? <laughs> the high point. Yeah, this is a huge, how high. Huge how moment. high do you think it is? It's higher. It's higher than a giraffe pussy. Hey, you got my girl. <laughs> is that enough energy for you, TJ? <laughs> Jessica Penne fought April seventeenth of twenty twenty one. Prior to that, she hadn't fought since April of twenty seventeen. So, I got my math right. Going. Come on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. We gotta thank Dia. Hats off to Dia for the, the list here. Uh, this is on her list. I'll give her an A+. I mean... <laughs> I, th I thought it was the last episode I was gonna point to and why the censors keep me from putting you guys on the air together all the time. But now it's this one. <laughs> we'll just move that show over. Uh, Tisha Torres victorious tonight over Angela Hill. Uh, this is the second time that uh, the Tiny Tornado has claimed a victory uh, over Angela. Uh, solid performance uh, for Tisha tonight. Uh, she she yeah. talked about how she wants to uh, get a top five. She was ranked, uh, I believe, number 10 um, yeah. coming into tonight's fight. Looking at the, the top five on the uh, screen here, uh, Marina Rodriguez, uh, Zionan Yan at number four, Carlos Spars at three, uh, Yuani and Jacek at two, Zhang Wei Li at one, and then your champion obviously is, is Thug Rose. Uh, your thoughts on the callout, Pearl, uh, of the top five essentially for Tisha Torres? Uh, would Would you like to see her get uh, a fight with someone in that uh, list? Absolutely. Tesha has been around a very long time, and she's she's paid her dues. She's had she's had highs and lows. You can tell that she is whatever she's doing in her camp, where she's at in her life, it's working. She looked in marvelous. She looked astounding tonight. Oh. Um, just spot 
<laughs> Spot on. I mean, talk about ability or, or control of range. She knew exactly where her range was tonight and like just had her timing. Her timing was on point. She was able to time Angela from the first from the first couple of exchanges. I immediately knew that Tesha had the timing down. So you could tell she did her job of studying. She was confident coming in there. Um, and and just kind of offset Angela Hill at her game. Angie is a is a is a great striker and like was not able to to get started tonight against against Tesh. And uh, you know, it, it's interesting because Angie kept kept saying that Tesh was 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 scared to fight her, and, and and Tesh was like, "I don't. Why would I fight you? You're 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 not at you're not above me in in rankings." And and she was spot on. She deserves a top five fight. She deserves someone that that is up there. She's paid the dues. She's fought the champions, um, and she's improving tremendously. So uh, yes, I, I I think that that was a great a great. She did it very respectfully. It was a it was a great win for her and a and a great follow up in her post fight interview. Yeah, that is something that I've heard fighters say. Mm. The narrative of like, why should I fight you? Your ranking is lower than than mine. Well, if that was the case, then everybody ranked would never fight anybody lower, and then we'd never have any fights. Uh, I understand that you always want to be fighting for something, Ray. But with with that in mind, some fighters are very protective of their ranking. It's very hard to get into that, uh, you know, top fifteen or, or or top ten or even top five. Obviously, um, what is your mindset when fighters not necessarily pick and choose their opponents but are vocal about going look there's not much benefit in me fighting you i mean look i think sometimes it makes sense look you always want to keep going forward i think if you're uh if you're really a prospect i think you just got to keep going forward then it doesn't make sense i think when these girls have been around this long does it really matter they just make for good fights this was a great fight right these stores man i tell you Definite speed advantage. I mean, she was in and out, made a miss. Uh, she was a whirlwind tonight. So uh, I get where Tisha Tor is is coming from. If she was like, I don't know if she's at that elite level, but I think she deserves a shot at it. But um, you know, once they've been around for a while, I say just make good fights. You see that happening with a lot of guys now. They don't care about. They just want to make fights that that you know we're going to be good crowd pleasers, entertain. Right. If they get paid properly, I think that's the other thing that would take that away, right? But if you're worried about your paycheck and you got to keep going forward and you you want that, that's different. But for the people that are getting paid decently i think they'll fight anybody any place anytime type of deal yeah and you know looking at angela hill this was her first real decisive uh loss in a while she'd been competitive despite losing fights tisha tore yeah. I, that i was in shock i i i think i would have I, I didn't you know i never uh bet it or nobody else but i would have picked angela hill in that fight i thought she's been fighting she's been in some close fights five round wars this girl I, I don't know what it was. She made her look horrible today. Right. Yeah, like I mean, I, I talked a little bit about it on Wednesday's show. Tisha talked about just getting mean again. She felt like she had lost that that sort of yeah. anger or, you know, want to, to hurt people. And I don't know if she necessarily wanted to hurt Angela Hill tonight, but she was she was violent. She was nasty at times. And, and that's what uh, sort of shut down the offense of, of Angela Hill. Yeah, I mean, she, she had something to yeah, prove tonight, though. Yeah, she looked fantastic, 100%. Angie, Angie had, had did say some things, and they kind of had a had a back and forth in the in the press conference. Uh, Tesh had had something to prove tonight, and and you saw that you saw that every strike was with intention, and 
She, you know, Angie, again, I've trained a lot with Angie and Angie does like this very close range. She likes to be in this, in this um, close range where she's constantly putting pressure on you. And for someone like me, that's long and lanky, that works. However, for Tesh, who is so short and compact, she was actually standing in perfect kicking range for Tesha Torres. And, and because Angie, that's her, her comfortable range and that's where she likes to fight, she had a hard time, a really hard time adjusting. Again, Tesh did such a great job of, of controlling the range, controlling the distance, as well as having the timing down. From the first couple of exchanges, she had already had the timing, and Angie just never was able to get off. Now, when you looked at the grappling, I thought that Angie improved tremendously there. She showcased that her grappling has improved tonight. She just wasn't able to ever get ahead in this fight, and that was because Tesh did such a phenomenal job of, of, of controlling the, the range and distance and, and when the fight was happening. Do you think yeah. it was uh, a case of, of Tisha Torres getting get sort of to that mean level because of the animosity of, of Angela Hill? Because I don't think Angela Hill necessarily meant anything to be personal, but obviously Tisha Torres took it that way. No, she did. She said some, she said some things. She said some things that uh, accusations, um, and, and, and she did. That's Angie's style though. That's, that's the way Angie is. is she's never going to, um, not speak her mind. And she did. She said exactly how she felt about Tesh. And, and that was a personal, she, you know, she attacked her personally. And so I believe that that was a big piece. I don't even know if it was like being mean. It was more, I'm here to prove I am better. On top of which, Tesh had already beat Angie before. And so even going back to why am I fighting this fighter, she was lower in ranking than, than um, Angie was lower in ranking, but also Tesh had held, has that win over her from before. So, you know, I understand where Tesh was coming from. She felt like, I'm sure she may have felt a little, you know, uh, looked past or whatever you want to say. And sometimes we talked about this, Kamaru Usman is one of those fighters that needs that, that sort of pressure to perform really well. Maybe this is the, the secret ingredient, the secret sauce, the secret sauce <laughs> to uh, Tesha's game and, and getting her to fight that well is, is by having to prove something like this. Okay, was secret sauce on the list or is that? Secret sauce. Secret sauce. Okay. No, there's, uh, there's Jock, though. Jock is on this list. Jock is on the list. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what? I like this, this word. Game. There's an explode word on here, too. So these aren't words to help you. These are words she just wants to hear. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to this one. There's a shamateur. Shamateur. It's an amateur who makes money. <laughs> I think I think that's a pro. I yeah. I think. Oh, I think that's a shamateur, but I'm not sure. I mean... The Urban Dictionary, uh, according to Pearl's hey, on. Okay, pull it back on track. I think too with Tisha. I think you know um, Angela is is the more traditional strike. I think Tisha is a little unorthodox. She blitzes yes. you. She's not really sitting down on the punches, but mm -hmm. she that up to where you just can't get her timing. And I think that's where the frustration came in for uh, Angela. I really do. I she just. She's all over the place, but she was accurate tonight. She she's been looking really good. She's phenomenal. Yeah, really, really good. She's a ball of energy, man. That just didn't stop. And I think that's what won the fight tonight. She just, 
she always offset her. Whenever Angela went to plant her feet, she was just hit or move. You know, kicks were coming at awkward times. It's just she's she's awkward, but not awkward to herself. She's awkward to look at, but I think it works for her. And I think with her speed and her energy, everything just fits together. I think she found she found her niche. And that's yeah. why you get like a top five and just see how that works out. But I don't think she's going away easy for anybody at this point. No. Awkward. No, you're spot on with the movement. You're spot on with her movement. Yeah. She had such a great job. She did such a great job of striking and moving her feet at the same time, using her hands and, and also switching stances. And she wasn't really able to use a jab because she was so short. But right. that straight kick, that teeth kick, you know. She was keeping. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, was it? And that really frustrates the crap out. Just when you think you're going to land yes. something. You get sidekicked in the stomach. You got to reset. Then something else happens. It's, I, she did a really, really good job. And I'd love to see her get really a top, just to see where she's at. Because I think she made tremendous improvements. And I, yes. I, I think she deserves that, that opportunity. Awkward, but not awkward to themselves. That's the first like fight analogy that I've ever actually truly been able to relate to. Really? Can, can you, do you, you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm just awkward, but I'm not awkward to myself. You know, I think I'm pretty normal, but well, everyone else says otherwise. Like, uh, you know, Elias Theodora, who I love. That guy's a great guy, but he's very awkward. Oh, yeah. And in the gym, like, I don't even want to change anything. It's working for you. Right. Yeah. He, you know, but some of that stuff is just awkward. And I think for Tisha, I wouldn't touch a thing. Let's just see how far that could get her. And then you could learn from a loss if it's up against, the, you know, a number three ranked person. But for right now, I think she's got something going on. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the thing about mixed martial arts. You can be unorthodox to where if you were that way in another fighter's sort of, you know, make and model, it would be doing themselves a disservice. But when it works for you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, Bantamweight fight that kicked off our main card tonight. Uh, Song Yudong, which uh, the, the commentators... Uh, really? Already? I, we haven't even got into it yet. We haven't even got into it yet. But the commentators also kind of fell prey to it, too. So I didn't feel too bad about the performance on on uh, on Wednesday between you guys. On Thursday, TJ. What? No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday performance. Yeah, they stole our thunder. Yeah, well, I mean, it's clear that uh, Anik and Dominic Cruz and Dean Thomas, I mean, Dean Thomas definitely, but they're all plugged in to extra rounds because they're stealing our gimmicks now. Yeah, 100%. Possibly. I believe that. Yeah. I believe it. Daniel Cormier's definitely listening. He has to be. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll continue to write their material, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on the split decision turned in. Not too often you'll get 29-28 opposites and then a 30-27 uh, for one of the, the other fighters. I actually didn't have a big problem uh, with this scorecard. It seemed awkward when I had heard it. Um, I kind of felt like there was a robbery. And then I actually looked online and saw some of the scorecards and uh, the media scores, they're a bit deceiving. Not only did they uh, side with, with Song, but 17 of the 19 media scores, I mean, that, that's where they landed with, uh, with, with Song, but they also had nine uh, of the media scores that were 30-27. So over 50% of the media scorecards that were turned in uh, had it 30-27, a complete shutout. I thought Kenny was definitely competitive, but I think this was one of those fights where you could have had a 29-28 or 30-27, and I don't think 
think you're going to find too many people that are going to get on you. I mean, maybe I'll have to go back and look at it, but uh, I didn't feel like Song Yudong was awarded a gift here. I thought he, he won this fight. I don't know exactly if everyone will agree with the 30-27, but it seems like most of the media did. Ray, what were your thoughts when you watched this fight? Uh, no, I thought I thought he won, but I, I mean, I thought Casey, he let him off the hook sometimes. By the third round, uh, so that guy was just arm punching, right? I, I looked like he just lost a lot of gas, and I thought Casey, that was the time to get him, but he just couldn't. I think he got a I think he goofed around a little bit, you know, threw some spinning stuff. I thought he should have just kept pressuring him, and he would have eventually. Uh, Maybe been a little different, but I thought by the third round, uh, Song Yudong was was on punching, and uh, I was waiting for Casey to capitalize on it, but he never did. So uh, I think his corner was calling the right fight, but it was uh, it was close, but it was not a a hundred percent not a robbery. Yeah, that's I, I like Casey Kenny. The yeah, that's why he's saying that. <laughs> All right, jeez, Pearl calling out Ray Longo. Wait, say, what, what did I say? She basically saying you're biased right now, Ray. Well, I know I said Song Yudong won. I agree with it. Right, but I mean, say so it again. Say it again. Say who won? <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Song Yudong. Song Yudong. He got the win tonight over Casey Kenny. And uh, th that is one thing. It was similar in this fight as, as well as our main event. The, the corner was imploring their fighter to do the right thing. And it was just, it wasn't pot. Derek Lewis wasn't able to do the things that his corner was telling him. Uh, Casey Kenny, I, I, I didn't think Casey was fighting a, a poor fight by any means, but he, he didn't, he didn't do enough to, to get the win. Back and look at that fight. And I think kick himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think he had a really, I think he had a really. Dong, either one. I don't know. The dong. Definitely. But I think he had a really hard time dealing with the uh, short punches. He had such a hard time. And, and I mean, Yadong was, was throwing some heat. Like, he was throwing great inside work. He had, and, and it was the circular punches that were coming around the guard. And uh, Kenny just couldn't deal with that tonight at all. He, he was getting hit with all of those big punches and the body shots. If you looked at his body, at the end of that fight, like his, uh, he was red. He didn't start the fight red like that. And that was how many hits he was taking. And Yadong doesn't throw lightly. I mean, he was attacking the body perfectly. And uh, it was interesting because he was able to get around the guard. I feel like uh, Kenny didn't utilize his long punches, his long range enough in this fight. Ultimately, uh, Yadong won this fight with, with boxing. It was his boxing tonight that that really shined, and uh, he was just able to get around the guard. He was able to time uh, Kenny what, when he was coming in. And, uh, again, another one that, that had really great control over range and distance tonight. Yeah, um, you know, that, that's one thing I always worry about is when a fighter, you know, justifiably loses a fight, uh, but acts so much like they're shocked. Like, Ray, do you think Casey Kenny will look back at that fight and then go, oh, man, I shouldn't have walked around the octagon like that? It, was that an embarrassing moment or, or, or no? Uh, no, nah, look, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was a close no. fight. I could see him thinking he won. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> I thought... I thought Sung really slowed down a lot. I did. I, I, I did. He lose the third. I don't even remember. Yeah, that. I thought he lose. I, I thought he lost the third. I, I, there were a lot of people that did think it was thirty twenty seven, but I thought the tempo of Song did start to wane. Without a doubt, I think that's See what the I did next, there. Come on. Maybe at the last.
last like thirty seconds. Okay, when he got the takedown, sure. I, I, I made I made a highbrow joke there, and no one wanted even songs tempo slowed. Highbrow? How high was that? <laughs> Pearl, do weird. not answer. Do not answer. <laughs> I, I got it right here. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Higher than a giraffe's pussy. <laughs> oh, that's a highbrow. <laughs> that is a highbrow. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh man. All right. Well, we're extra rounds here. If you ever want to get in touch with us, you can. 917 UFC Talk is the number. 917-832-8255. Um, I don't know if we're going to get any calls tonight. It's way past Ray's bedtime. Uh, I'm afraid to keep the mic hot for Pearl because uh, who knows where we can go from here. Um, I'm like I'm three glasses in tonight. So I'm having a great time. I, it was a great night of fights. I'm sorry, but I'm having a great night. I mean, that's okay. We, we just want to have fun, right? And like I said, mm -hmm. you know, if I get nervous about it on this show, it means it's probably going to make the next pay-per-view broadcast with the commentary team. So, <laughs> and, uh, Pearl, your analysis was spot on tonight. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Wait, wait, let's find something. No, Hold we on. don't need any more. That's good. I think this was the high point. <laughs> How high, Ray? <laughs> in the broadcasting, in your an analytical... <laughs> Was it higher than a giraffe's pussy? Oh, uh, you're up there, Pearl. I, Okay, is that three or four times? Because we're definitely not allowed four. Maybe three, but not we four. No. All right, well, before we get out of here, we, we got one more thing to do. Right? Can you guys make it through one more segment? <laughs> one more segment. It's uh, it's it's going to be a good one. It's the uh, the best of July. Oh, and that is best of July right here. Just um, like that on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, kicking off with Rodrigo Lido from uh, LFA 111. Um, I, I, I love Fight Pass for a variety of reasons, but one thing that I always love that they do on social media is just give you the best of the entire month. And that's what we got here. This is, uh, I can't say that it's Jogas Zulagov from the UFC 264 Fight Pass prelims. Making things happen. What's that? Really? Holy shit! I thought, man, I really thought his wife was drowning him. What? <laughs> what, TJ? What were you doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? You were underwater. There's clearly some audio issue between me and you. You gotta just roll with the punches, guys. You can't just like. There was no punches roll. That nothing was coming out. All right. You know what? I'm just gonna go do this. I'm gonna mute this, and then you yeah. can. You, now you can hear me better, right? Yeah. No, you're good now. Okay. Perfect. Figure it out. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That was uh, uh, Solomon Renfro from CFFC 98 back right. on July 3rd. He had a killer post-fight interview as well. Wait, what happened in July? Because we missed. This is the best of July. July. This is the best of oh, July. Okay. Yes. No, no worries. Oh, no worries. nice. Yeah. Minute in around one. Pay the bills. Because the oh. lights went out, right? Forgot the to pay the bills. Lights went out. Oh, I like that. They, That's good. Yeah, shut off. Uh, Marcus Bruneau, also from LFA one eleven. Mm. Man, I can't. I can't yeah. say that last name. Krushuski. I can't read it. Kanan Krushuski from LFA one twelve. 
I wonder what's wrong with the audio. We're going to fix that moving forward. So it sounded well, like I was... Whatever you sound good now. I sound good now, whatever. but I don't know what's happened before. Well, was the audio on, on whatever the thing was playing? Maybe that's what But it was. generally, you guys can't hear that. Could you hear the audio this time? No. no, we couldn't hear it. We just couldn't hear you. Okay. It was like muffled. Oh, nice right hand. Wow. Jacqueline Amorum from LFA 110. By the way, if it hasn't become apparent yet in this montage, you need to be watching the LFA and UFC Fight Pass. They're just full of violence. That was nice right hand. This is the opportunity for Ray to do subtitles to all the talking scenes. Yeah, who's this? Uh, this one is uh, Kyle Stewart. No, uh, Roy uh, Ichivara from Titan 70, which was oh, back on uh, July 2nd. That was amazing. Wow. Hey. Let's see again. Watch this spinning. What are these guys, 25 pounders? Gotta be. Oh, that hurt his knee. That first kick. Oh, hey, he blocked that one, too. Like, he blocked part of that. That fucked him up, though. He tried, but that fucked him up. Yeah. Wow, that was incredible. Roy Ichivera. I think. I don't know how to say that. Where is he from? Ichiveria? I don't know. Uh, and then finally, we got uh, Kyle Stewart here from uh, Cage Warriors 126. This made the best of July, but it happened on August 1st. Oh, my goodness. That was wow. Down in San Diego. August 1st really? August first can uh, count as July still, right? No. No? Okay. It's fucking August. Okay. Just making sure. I was going to try to like pass it off to my landlord. <laughs> try not to get docked for late rent. All right. Best of July. Let me see it again. Oh, oh, that was beautiful. That was monumental. Wow, monumental. Kyle Stewart, Cage Warriors 126, Pearl Gonzalez, using the opportunity to use monumental from the uh, the mm -hmm. Tia list. From Tia's list. Well, there we go. Good job, guys. We made it. Tonight. This was monumental tonight. Yes, it was. It was historical. It was astounding. It was I iconic. It was far flung. It was superb. It was super cadrifragilistic expialidocious. It was. Shamitrich. Shamitrich, I think. Oh, yeah. The amateurs getting paid. That's maybe yeah. kind of the situation that we got. Shamitrich. Yeah. Shamitrich. Well, it was Colossal. Is that how I say that one? Colossal? 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 You know, just make. Colossal. Colossal? I'm afraid if we continue, Tia's just going to take over the show, and she's going to say all sorts of words that are not. Collagino. Coloso. Kaleidoscope? Coloso. I love coming back. Kaleidoscope. All right. So. We got to go. All right. All right. Off with you, too. This was a high point, guys, for this show. How high was it was higher than a giraffe's pussy. Goodbye. Right. We got to get out of here. Take it easy. Have fun. Take care, guys. There we go. Oh, bye. Pearl Gonzalez, Ray Longo, Shoot. testing the boundaries every single week here on UFC Fight Pass. We are almost done. Uh, a couple things to wrap up here uh, before we go. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. So stick around. Just a few more minutes left on extra rounds from UFC Fight Pass.
these live events available for you on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, this was just from this weekend. Uh, on Friday, we had CES MMA, Titan FC 71, as well as Lux 15. And then earlier today, uh, Player Squads, Grappling at its Finest, was uh, live on UFC Fight Pass. And, of course, your UFC 265 Fight Pass early prelims, all of which are going to be available for you right now on UFC Fight Pass. The best thing that happens uh, with these events on Fight Pass is uh, if you miss it, they're immediately available for archival and on-demand, encore playback, just like this show is anytime you want. Hopefully you can hear me right now. We've had some audio issues on this show, but I think we've navigated through them. If you want an audio version of this show, you can do so. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, whether that be Apple, um, Google, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. But if you're into uh, all the sites of Extra Rounds, uh, you can always watch on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UFC Fight Pass. And the entire 81-episode archive is available for you on UFC Fight Pass. Again, the biggest no-brainer in combat sports. $9.99 a month. Go sign up today, UFCFightPass.com. Uh, I'm there on the 24-7 feed all the freaking time, which reminds me, coming up, International Fight Week, I've convinced them to give me the keys to the kingdom for 24 hours and program all the content that you're going to get uh, one of the days that week. I'm excited. So I'm, I'm open to ideas. 917-UFC-TALK is the number. If you uh, want to say anything about what we got going on over here, you can uh, always give us a call. It really goes to my cell phone. That's no joke. Uh, you can also send us a text to that same number, 917-UFC-TALK, 917-832-8255. If you do send a text, know that it will be read back, probably on the air, as well as any voicemails uh, that are left. I've got to share some with Pearl Gonzalez because we've got some uh, marriage proposals or people just very interested in getting close to Pearl. Um, some of them I can play on the air. Most of them I cannot. But I got to share them with Pearl nonetheless. All right. Uh, I believe we're going to be back this midweek. Uh, no fights next Saturday night, so you probably won't hear from us then. But, uh, you know, I like putting in the work. Extra rounds. It's the name of the show, and it's kind of what we do here. Putting the extra work. Getting you caught up in all things related to mixed martial arts and, of course, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, so if we're back Wednesday, hopefully you will join us live at 5 uh, on the Facebook or uh, anytime, uh, again, on demand at UFC Fight Pass or check out the podcast uh, wherever you get podcasts. For Pearl and Ray, I'm TJ DeSantis. Thanks for going a few extra rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. Rounds from UFC Fight Pass is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended for private use only.